This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. Yeah, I mean, I have, to, I have to keep the door closed behind us. Like people just like randomly like pop in, uh-huh. and 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 last time it happened is like someone solicited their window cleaning business in the middle of our podcast. Right. Someone was <laughs> just pitching, <laughs> pitching their, 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 pitching their, their service, the service to a wider audience. Um, yeah. No. What was it? What were you just talking about? Uh, well, one these. Well, those mats brought back. Oh, memories. Right. Right. Memories. So did you? Did you? You practice martial arts at all? Yeah. So. I feel like I've had almost a few lifetimes within my lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Being only thirty-five, but um. I did as a kid. Uh, I practiced. Our best friend in the neighborhood we grew up in, um, his dad was a Taekwondo instructor. Cool. And so we did that for a few years um, just as kids. Was that here locally? In Tampa. In Tampa. Okay. Okay. W- who's, yeah. So who's, back up. Who's that? Who's whose dad was this? Or do you remember his last name? Thompson. Thompson. Leon Thompson. Leon Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. a very small like neighborhood uh-huh. type thing. Um, yeah, I was about where, uh, as a child, born in Maryland, moved to Pennsylvania, moved to Tampa, then moved to New York City, moved back to Tampa, and then to Lakeland. Damn, man. What's with all the traveling? Was your, your, your parents in like the military or something? Or what? Real estate. And I think it was a few times they thought, um, you know, it'll be, the market will be great there. The market will be great there. And uh. then we made it to, to Lakeland when I was like mid-teenage years. Uh. And... The whole family has has stayed close by since. Okay, but a Were lot they like of developers moving, or like no, they would buy they would buy a house. Okay, so I wouldn't wish this on on anyone, but my childhood memories: they would buy a house, right, um, fixer upper, right, and we would move into it, mm-hmm. slowly fix it, and as soon as the house was looking okay, then they would rent it and buy another one and do the same thing again. Huh. So the entire, like, every house, the only time it looked, it was nice, is when we were moving out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. So. Oh, that sucks. I mean, as a kid, that's got to be like a bitter pill swallow. Like, we're going to move again? Damn it. And moving again means. Working. Starting over. Yeah. And my dad uh, was born and raised in. Born and raised in Guatemala. I hope I don't say too much or no, they, no, don't, they okay. don't listen. Yeah. They're not going to listen to this show. They don't know <laughs> but, uh, anything about this show. He was born and raised in Guatemala. <laughs> okay. Um, and started from a like a legitimate like village. Like you go, you get water and you bring it back to your house village. Right. And then as he got a little older, the family moved to like a town. And then um, as a teenager, he moved um, into a bigger city, and then when he was 18, he came to America. His childhood wasn't a childhood. It's in a village that it was everybody works and everybody just, there isn't the childhood that... That you had or I had. He, that, yeah, most people would know as a childhood. Right, here wasn't, in the States, right. Right, it wasn't his childhood experience. And so, pulling from that... The childhood experience that I had, or that he gave us, was 
here is work, do work. Mm-hmm. And I remember that from as as young as I was, you know, as early as I can remember. Right. I, I have well, m- it's, it's immigrant immigrant uh, mentality. <clears throat> I have right? a memory. You come from a place where it's poverty. Yeah. Everybody has so, to work. Yeah, everybody yeah. works. I have a memory in Pennsylvania that um, there is this pretty faint memory, but there was this wall that paint was peeling. You know, it was probably lettuce and asbestos and everything, and that might explain some stuff. But the paint's chipping off this wall, and I remember being told, here is your scraper. Start here, and don't stop until this is done. Mm. And I don't know if that was to put me to work or to keep me out of everybody else's way. But I was five when we left Pennsylvania. So I know that's the oldest I was. Whoa. So that was, um, you say, as early as I can remember, that was the childhood experience. It was like your work, <clears throat> no matter what age was you were, you we were, were all, put to work. Everyone was put to work. Yeah, there was four of us, and we were all going to work yeah. on something, whatever your ability was, whether it's, you know. You have you an older a, sibling or a younger sibling? Older. I'm the youngest. Uh-huh. Yeah, youngest of four. Two right. older brothers and an older sister. Uh-huh. And then they're all um, still local, well, Dover, Tampa, and Lakeland. So we're all pretty yeah. close now. Right. Um, I mean, do you look back to uh, the memories fondly, some of it? Or is a lot of it is like, man, my my dad came from a really rough spot, and all we knew what how to do was, was to work, and that's all he knew to teach us was to work your ass off. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, both strongly both i Uh i've definitely looked at it and thought you know i'm grateful i'm not scared to work right that's just not Mm -hmm. you're not afraid to get your hands dirty not afraid to get my hands dirty not afraid to work a lot of hours when that's you know when that's what's needed Mm -hmm. but i'd be lying if i never thought like i wonder what it would be like if i'd had a childhood right what would that have been like if, if my dad would take me to like ball games and go to disneyland and which is like the typical American childhood, you know, that that friends growing up with that. I mean, my, my dad didn't take me to any ball games. <laughs> he was never around. Um, but um, but yeah, it's like you know, the life for most people here in the United States is one of just, man, you're really fortunate. To not know what it's like to be in a household where we knew nothing but work. So it's, yeah. it's a it's a it's a different one, and uh, you know our kids are well, at least my kids are spoiled rotten. Yeah, my kids don't know, wouldn't have any frame of reference to have any idea what my childhood looked like, and I'm okay with that. You're good like that's that. yeah that's that's just goal. fine with you because mm-hmm. we, we 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 don't want our kids to s- struggle like I, I want We're, my kids to clean up after themselves right right mm-hmm. be responsible decent but not good have people. to worry about where the next meal is coming from or the next where money is coming from or if we're going to make it, or where we're going to be, uh, you know, stability, right? I'm, I'm grateful yeah. that you know we did have, we had more stability than many others. I mean, I had both parents, you know, mm-hmm. growing up. That's more than many can say. Uh, 
when a neighborhood kid would say he's starting on the hockey team, mm-hmm. that was something that was so far out of the scope of something that might happen. Like in my life, that wasn't not going to happen. Right. So I am grateful that um, my friend, when we moved uh, from Pennsylvania to Tampa, up the road, um, we met a family that their dad was a martial arts instructor and my parents didn't have to plan anything. They Ah. didn't have to send us anywhere. They didn't have to drive us anywhere. They they bought us the um the gi the gi yeah. and that and so it was just it was so easy to send us up the road it was just right. the other side of the block right this is convenient this is right. as convenient as can be this is a dream come true you're going there now right, right. you're going to go there and we you know we did that i think it was twice a week for years uh-huh. we just went in the backyard and um mostly how many students were there in the backyard that show up few just a handful right Uh, yeah i don't know Uh just a handful yeah um it's taekwondo a little Mm -hmm. bit of jujitsu and whatever else he may have right picked up not very structured it it wasn't it was never meant to be Mm -hmm. it was just neighborhood hey i happen to be doing this if you guys want in on this show up yeah i mean looking back I, i feel bad as a as a child that i didn't take it maybe a little bit more seriously and a right. little bit more disciplined, but it still, it was impactful to me. Right, right. Um, and so you did that for years? A few years, few yeah. few years, okay, all right. Yeah. And so and so what what happened, uh, you know, oh, they when mo- did it, they, he moved or? They moved to Australia for oh. a few years. Okay. Um, about a school that um, one of the parents was going to go to, and we kind of, he was... It was a few years they were gone, and then by the time they came back, it just it, it never happened happen again. again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Still, still keep up with, yeah. You know, still keep up with them. Okay. Kind of know what the the family's doing a little bit, but it right. You know, it was never quite. Okay. You are, uh, my, hundred and forty fifth guest, episode one forty five of the J Chase Show. I'm here with Robert Berganza. Am I pronouncing your last name properly? Very close. Berganza. Berganza. Yes. My apologies. Robert Berganza, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. you you're, uh, I found you via Instagram. I can't remember how I found you on Instagram, but you are a furniture designer, furniture maker. Is that is that the right, right way to put it? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Design and make. Design and make furniture. Mm-hmm. And like really, it's almost like, Beautiful pieces of art. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I and I want to say that I saw you. Was it on in the Lakelander? Yes. That you were featured. Yes. I, and I think that's where it was. I saw you on the Lakelander, and then it was in your social media that I saw that uh, of your furniture. Yeah. yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about it. Tell tell us. Uh, you know, when when people go shopping and looking at furniture that a lot of people and if they have any like artistic you know lean at all they'll be like man i could do that i could do that that's just a piece of wood and a couple screws and whatever and they put the legs on it and that's it that's it uh-huh. it's not that simple well the things i make are a little bit out there a little different i mean okay. they're i've had a hard time like 
thinking, how do you describe the style of, I think of these shapes and then I make them and it's like tapers and facets mm. and, and these different, and it pops in my head and then I make it and, right. and I've certainly, I've heard people, oh, well that looks like, that looks like mid-century, that looks like. Right. It's inspired gr- by great, such and such. You know, right. Great. I'm however someone wants to interpret it, but I never did go for this is the style. Mm-hmm. Um, I I admire the mid-century movement, like the bold creativity that, you know, uh, that was happening then. And then I really appreciate the old, old school Japanese architecture and woodworking. They mm-hmm. put together you know, an entire temple without using a screw or a nail, just right. interlocking pieces. And that just the scale of of what they were able to if they can do that that's on that scale yeah that's incredible i could do that mm-hmm. at this so the different pieces that um, is if you've looked up you've seen that you know those different pieces none of them have any hardware no screw no, it's just interlocking, interlocking pieces right. mm-hmm. um, and it's that kind of thing that somehow that that ends up contributing to how it's going to look in the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you effectively, you make functional art, right? Yeah. I mean, art that you can actually, you're using it, right? It's not something that's just going to be, you know, posted on a wall, right? And photographed like people are actually living it and using it. Right. Oh, hopefully. Right. 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 Um, How did you, how did you uh, get to doing this? So <laughs> I mean, you you, gave, you you I mean, you painted a picture with your 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 dad and family being from Guatemala, you know, coming coming to the United States, and you know, yeah, working so, hard, and and you know, but now here you are. As an I, I learned I learned from from growing up to be comfortable working with my hands, comfortable working around tools, and sort of making things far far stretch from from what i'm doing now so at least i think that helped build up the confidence and comfort a little bit and then i just kind of set all that skill aside for you know like a decade and ended up uh, i went from straight i went straight from detective to this detective detective as in, like the police, As Polk County Sheriff's Office, Grady Judd, that. Okay. Um, and in that job, it can be, it can be a little taxing, particularly you know, for someone like me who, unfortunately, overthinks a lot. And if you have any sense of empathy, right, you see a lot of stuff that's. You see rough. the worst in humanity at times. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you deal with that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It can be it can be stressful. Uh, I used to say it lightly. And I ended up setting up. We bought my wife and I bought um, a house with a detached workshop. Just happened to be on the property. It's not what we were looking for, like specifically, but it had this detached workshop. And a couple years after we bought the house, I thought, yeah. I'm going to set up this little wood shop in there. And I'll maybe make jewelry boxes or something. 
Right. I'm just going to set up this little therapeutic hobby and I'm just going to kind of, you know. Yeah. It'll be something unwind, relaxing to do. Unwind, relax. And I start working in there and set up this. I mean, if you can imagine the bare minimum of Craigslist special tools. <laughs> and I'm just trying to cobble together enough to make something. And I start working in there. I start watching like some YouTube videos and reading some books and like, okay, how do I do this woodworking thing? How does, what is, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in my life in any kind of subject, anything where I understood what people meant when they're like, oh, well, he's a natural. Someone's a natural at Mm -hmm. something. And like, I, I feel like I'm learning this and I just get it. You know, if I'm, if I need to learn how to use a new app on a computer, phone, whatever, I'm going to have to study and I'm going to have to try a few times and it, uh, anything in life, you know, pretty normal, mm-hmm. go to this, I watch this YouTube video on this topic. And then next week I read this paragraph in a book and then I go in the shop and I want to work on something and my brain just pulls together the two things and this is how the two pieces can come together. You can use that thing from there and I just... It felt right. So natural. Mm-hmm. It was actually like weird to me. Like how I, I would think of something I want to make and I would have ideas like shapes and how maybe the design of something would kind of pop in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, my entire life before that hobby I wouldn't have called myself a creative person. Didn't know it was in there. Definitely never would have thought of myself as an artist, designer, anything like that. And then all of a sudden, I get really deep into this hobby. Mm-hmm. And I start having these just ideas, almost just, not almost, literally like pop in my head. Right. Here is something you could make. And then I take that shape and I could just imagine, here's how the pieces will go together to physically make it and then go into the shop and just do it. Do it. And it worked. And it felt right. How did I do that? I didn't know I could do that. How old were you when you, when when you, when you had that workshop and you started, you know, messing around, if you will. Oh, um, how long ago? I'm 35 now. And it's been maybe six years ago, maybe, maybe 29. Mm -hmm, Mm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 but, 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 you know, you were still a de- detective yes. at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not paying like armchair psychologists or anything like that, but it's like, you know, we, we started about, started this episode to talk about working with your hands and uh-huh. not, not, not being afraid to get dirty uh-huh. and, you know, and your stressful job, extremely stressful job mm-hmm. to finding yourself getting dirty again with your hands and working with your hands, Yeah, you know, you know, with, with your dad, you know, handing you a scraper to, you know, Hey, you know, strip, strip the wall. Yeah. And you're like less than five. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some interesting parallels, my friend. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. Right. Um, Are you still, you're no longer doing detective work? No, no, no. This has been my full time now. Three and a half, more than three and a half years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, you walked in 
uh, to my studio. You saw the mats. Yeah. And then, but then you, you saw my, my, you know, my little coffee table here uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you, and you, and you, and you said, this is, uh, I can't remember, you know, uh, what artist or what, what style you said. And then I, and then I proceed to say, yeah, I, I bought it from Ikea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I, 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 Ikea being this like huge corporation where they're just cranking out furniture and home decor left and right. And I, and you know, like Ikea is what it's from, Sweden, correct? Or yeah. they're they're originally from, or they're they're headquarters in in Sweden. Yeah. And from what I understand, in like those countries, like like design is more of a priority. It seems like uh, than I don't know here in the United States, maybe. I mean, is that so, like we we say, hey, they they get a lot of inspiration from other places. I mean, that's saying things generously, is it not? Yeah. Um, I think the. The furniture I found, the furniture design world doesn't. Careful how. I no, don't think be careful how, I, how you say. Just say, how say how what you want. But the industrial and manufacturing world that surrounds the furniture design industry doesn't have any of the same standards for what is acceptable, what is counterfeiting, what is straight up design, like just theft of a design. Those, those standards don't seem to exist the same way as maybe in, in other design industries, in the fashion industry and art. Yeah. Right. Like, like paintings. Right. What have you? Yeah. If you, um, like, like, you know, like, like someone can't come and sue IKEA, going, hey, that design, that's mine. <laughs> like, oh, that's way too similar to what I do. Like, it's, I can't go after IKEA saying, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need some checks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, intellectual property is much more difficult. To protect in furnishings, in furnishings, in shapes. I've created this shape. I did this. Um, an example that comes to mind is there's a there's an artist, Greg Klassen, who created. He was the designer of um, what's typically called a river table, and you take. A live edge slab, mm-hmm. cut it in the middle. Yes. Put the live edge toward the center, so the outsides are squared, and the center has a live edge. You fill in a space between the two live edges with a piece of glass, and then that he called uh, a river table. Mm-hmm. He dis- he created that design. I don't know if it was maybe ten years ago, and you see it everywhere now. Everywhere. Yeah. And there were a few who really, I mean, manufacturers or at least large furniture studios who started just pumping out that design. And he took it to court. It didn't get anywhere. But then you can take a few words 
trademark them that is and then that's my intellectual property somehow that doesn't carry over to shapes to shapes right okay. at least hence all the inspired mm-hmm. pieces that yes. you see like everywhere like every furniture outlet like has a version of the the Ames chair or I, you know I, you name it it's 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 there right right yeah well if you could Describe your style. I mean, if, if, could you? So uh, far as, as 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 your work, can you describe it? So far, not easily. Yeah, it's modern shapes, organic. There's wood, glass, and these like I said, modern tapered angles. I've heard it, modern sculptural organic minimalism these these different terms these different words um but no i wouldn't know what category to put them in Mm -hmm. i did bring i did bring a small prop (laughs) a small example i thought it would be more appropriate than bringing in a whole reading chair Uh uh-huh what is that this this is um the the purpose of this design was or is as a um, a presentation box mm-hmm. and a for those of you that obviously are listening because this is audio podcast only Robert brought in a box a it, wooden box it is a walnut cube okay it is just on the outside it is just a cube which right. is, is what we're looking at right now okay and then as a like a just a, a thank you to some of the people that I've worked with or have helped me out with. And um, inside, you put small gift. I put to- I put toffee. That's what I've used. I okay. put a box of toffee. All right. And then you open it. Whoa. Yeah. And the inside is like tapered and beveled and has these kind of modern angle, these... It's different angles beautiful. inside the box. So Robert just uh, took the box and pulled it apart, and it's now these two U-shaped pieces that are highly sculpted. I'll I'll uh, I'll put this uh, video on uh, social media so that everybody can see it. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty good looking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you open it. Get, there's the little little box inside, little gift, and then they can be. And I'm setting them on this IKEA table right now. Uh, they could be a book stand, bookends. Stack them on a desk. There's right. It could be any number of things. I mean, to me, I don't know why this is. I love this so much. It could be so many things, or actually nothing at all. It's just. To me, fun to look at. Right. Yeah, depending on what configuration you put it. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Wow. So okay. So so I'm uh, to describe this. Robert is taking this. What is this box that he brought in? I I thought it was just a straight up piece of a a, a, a cube. Right now, he he brought me a a cube. <laughs> And I didn't know whether or not it like it's, it's it's but when you open it up, you 
you can configure it in however many different ways <laughs> to turn it into anything you want it to be, to hold, whether it's books or pens or, you know, what have you. This is, this is fantastic. Well, thank wow. you. And then, and you, is it just me, or when you close it, doesn't that feel... Yeah, it's satisfying. Do it again, do it again. Yeah, it's, it's satisfying. It's like, what are the ASMR... Hold, hold on, guys, here we go. <laughs> that's cool I, like I can't tell you how many times I've done that since uh-huh. I uh... it, and it almost like it seals itself shut shut with air right like there, there's like a uh, what is it the, like the, the pressure yeah right the air like the air um, air getting trapped and then wanting to escape it like seals it in a weird way and then when you pull it apart you feel the pressure of that trapped air kind of suctioning itself that's pretty neat man yeah, so yeah. and is this is this a piece that you that you sell? This is I mean at the idea for this uh-huh. is an appreciation, a thank you from my business to theirs. Nice. But I've had that question asked so many times by so many people who have seen this. Yeah. I have a feeling this will this is destined to be a product, even though that wasn't <laughs> the idea. To, it's destined to be an Ikea. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I say that jokingly. Like, Ikea's like, hey, man, that's an excellent idea, dude. The <laughs> bastards. <laughs> oh, they will. They yeah. will. Someone is going to just thieve the this idea. They can't steal from it. Is I say that. Okay, so name. they, can't, they right. can't steal my name that's on it. They can steal this. But they can't steal what will be this next year. They can't mm. steal what I'm gonna make. Right. So that's pretty slick. That is, and that's an original design. Yes. Yeah. No, nobody does something like that. I've never seen it. You haven't seen it. See, it's another configuration again. God, I need to. <laughs> we'll, we'll do is maybe we'll just take a take a bunch of photos, and you'll like have you know a whole do all the configurations that you, is imaginable and it's endless it seems um with this box what's that what's that what's that old clive barker movie where the the character pinhead it was like a horror film where the guy's got all the pins in his in his you remember horror films like uh, growing up as a kid but um no and there's like this this cube thing that he that was part of the movies anyway i digress but that's pretty slick man yeah what a treat wow Okay. All right. So do you have like a studio where people come in and like looking at your pieces and, 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 you know, or you get commissioned for your work? The work so far is it's all commissioned. It's all, uh, through, um, through relationships. Most it's most of the work is all through architects or interior designers. Um, happy to do work individual to clients it's mm-hmm. just most of the work does come through design professionals who are designing or working for a client mm-hmm. um, and then uh, for the first three years I was doing uh, all this work everything that I did was still in this little detached workshop on my property not pretty undersized underpowered equipment but making it work and then now over the last I don't know if it's maybe maybe it's been eight months ago 
Are you familiar with Catapult? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they opened uh, they opened their makers space. You know, they had the they had the building downtown, and then they opened the building on Lake Mere. And I had heard about the maker space that was going to be for I don't for a while. I'm like, okay, when is when is going to happen? When is gonna, and as soon as it opened, okay, I'm in. And they have this um, large shared maker space. There's this big open um, they call it like assembly area um, as the main part of the maker space, and then there's like a separate section that's um, like the machinery mm-hmm. and like the wood shop, metal shop. I don't know my way around the metal shop, yeah. but I stick in the wood shop. Right. It's my you know, happy that's place spot. there. Yeah. Right. And then I do have a little floor space um, in the assembly area of Catapult where I do have like just now, and I was just setting it up yesterday. I was like trying to, clean up the setup it's not it's a little space like okay so how can i fit how many pieces can i fit that look good in this Mm -hmm. little space and so now and i haven't even i don't know exactly how i would announce it to the world but i haven't said hey you can come out and see all the pieces so i actually finally just now can answer yes someone can come out and look at and it's at at catapult at catapult got it yeah message me and there's i think um Maybe seven of the designs I've made are are out there now. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. So, so all the work that you're getting, it's like architects, designers, interior designers, what have you. They find you, commission you to do do pieces for them, for their clients, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Currently. Yes. Okay. But so far as like you know, hey, you know, someone that just approaches you, you know, some uh, regular person, not, not, not architect that would come approaches you and ask you to, to do a piece for you'd be great. open to doing it. Great. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. A, All right. That's this, the, the business, when the business started, I guess that's a, a little short story of its own, but I was a detective. Yeah. I had started this, you know, I'd started this hobby. I was a detective going into the office and every morning, same time, on my way into the office, I would stop at Concord Coffee mm-hmm. in Dixieland. Um, a little oasis to interact with people who are on neither side of uh, the criminal justice. <laughs> yeah. Even when, as, a, as a detective, I may not have 100% fit. Yeah, I've always been um, a little bit of an oddball, uh-huh. but um, it was nice having that little stop. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh-huh. Little interaction. interact with people that yeah. had nothing to do with any of that work. I go in there the same time, morning after morning, and I got to know a few people. Uh, one of them was Brad Lunds. Yeah. I, I did hear his <laughs> Bradley <laughs> an interesting, an interesting. Uh, podcast and interesting yeah. interview he had with Brad's you. a good friend I love that dude. he's he is a good guy but he was he was one of the people in that very early conversation of you know, what I'm doing is wearing on me I would like to be doing this it turns out I'm kind of good at this is there like is it in you know is it in my mind or is there 
is there a market for this? Right. Should I be doing this? And he was one of, you know, one of those very early influences to say, you know, make the go for it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. It's not easy, man. It's not easy uh, to, uh, you're an artist. It's not easy monetizing art. Everybody wants to, but not everybody gets to. And sounds like you've you've gotten to it's it has been it has been a roller coaster ride of oh man this is amazing this is great what was I thinking I can't I, how am I going to pull this off mm-hmm. yeah. the roller coaster has evened out more positives for sure than than early in but it was terrifying going yeah. from. A, a very secure, consistent, you know, very, very secure, consistent paycheck, secure career to, well, I think this is going to work. Right. Cross I mean, you didn't, go, you didn't go to school for art and design. Not at all. Or even woodworking nope. for that matter. You nope, got none nobody. of it. Nothing. No degree, no, no trades. <clears throat> you know, you didn't go to trade school for whatever, you know, uh, you just had a wood shop and you start doing it because you need to just relax a little bit from the hard work of, of, you know, being a detective for, you know, Polk County Sheriff's department. Yeah. And dude, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. I, yeah, I would tell if someone was thinking of doing the same thing I did, I would say, do it. You should do it. If you have this, if you come across, like I said, it just felt weird how natural the work was. Mm-hmm. For you, though. But for it was a me. It was it a was perfect was... match for you. You were uh, serendipity. I, I don't know. Luck, right? Mm-hmm. You, you happen to just come across it. Right. But if someone were to come across that, if it was the earlier me, yes, you should do it. But please go out and work for someone who does it and then start a business. Ah. Right, right. That be would a, be my be an apprentice. Only, right, yeah. Be an apprentice. Learn for a while. something, any part of whether you're working for someone who's physically making the things, or you know, go back in time and work for somebody who is the buyer, the source of some something in the industry. But still, I'm glad I did it. Right. You know, if that if the options were do something because it's secure forever or just take the dive and do it. Right. Because it, it was making it. you miserable, man. You you know, you're, you're, you're uh, being in law enforcement. I, it is not for everybody. Yeah, right. I, you know, and, and it was wearing on you and you decided to do something else, but you know, you're of the, of the fortunate small percentage that's able to do the creative side and make it work. Right. Yeah, I I I'm grateful for I mean it's been it's been a journey but I've also I've been fortunate enough to work with some great people, have some people push me in the right direction, make relationships that mm-hmm. you know, is, is your wife is it that that or uh, you married? You, you have, or, I am or, married. Yeah, your your wife how what did she think about about you and and being in the you know, like say, you know, I'm not going to be a detective anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make furniture or what have you. What'd she think? She knew 
I think she knew it was what I was doing was wearing on me. I think she knew it was best for me to be doing something else. Yeah. And then she was, she was, she is. Fortunately for me, because I don't know how else it would be possible. She's supportive and like, okay, I'm sure you'll figure it out. She's passively supportive. I got it. She's like, you figure it out. You got the, I got this. And if not for that, yeah, I don't, there's no way. Right. You you could go through so much, so many valuable learning experiences. Yeah. Because if she wasn't on board or supportive, yeah, that could have gone bad. Like, you know, you could have a wife that's like, hey, what are you doing? You're crazy. You need to stick to your job, buddy. Yeah. Be, we got to pay the bills here. We got a mortgage. What's going on? You know? Yeah. Like, and then you're like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> maybe it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So that has been, that, that, I think that's critical if you don't have that support. Mm. I don't know how someone would do it. Right. You starting, starting a business, running a business, you're going to learn by making mistakes. Yeah. And just for me, I mean, it's well for anyone. It's a lot of it's a lot of stress. The learning right. process. Yeah. So you at least she, my wife, is definitely a little bit more um, level. Level. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. more level than me, which is good because I can stress and overthink and analyze yeah. and yeah. Why did that? Why did I? The real why is you've never done this before, but I'm going to sit there and think, why did I let myself make that mistake? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have made that mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Be- beyond this, the artwork that you do, right? Uh, what do you do to relax? Besides, besides going into the shop, what do you do to relax? I haven't relaxed in four years. <laughs> Dude, like play golf or something? No, no. no. You won't go work out? Nothing? No, I'll work out a little bit in the morning before I go to work. Uh huh. I wouldn't count that as relaxing because I'm like, okay, how how quick can I do this and get ready and get to work and get everything done? Okay. And that's a problem. Yeah. I recognize that. Because you're you're you know you're you're so cerebral. And and it's very apparent. And and you and and in your detective work uh, in the off time, you went into the wood, wood shop, and now now the detective work's not there, and now you've got the wood shop, right? Which right. you enjoy, of course, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a passion, and 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 right? But, yes. But but now that's yes, but. become that's work. Right. Yeah. This, this little cube. When I had like when this shape. And this, like, popped in my mind. Uh-huh. And then I made it, and it worked just how I thought it was going to, like, just how I was hoping. I was so excited. Like, a little kid on Christmas, I did it. It works. It's great. I love it. And it's cathartic. And it's, that is, that's great. So exciting. Yet, 
everything now, one, like you were saying, like once once upon a time, when this wasn't a business, I could sketch and I could sketch and draw and make something, and it was relaxing because that was just it was just recreation. Now it's mm-hmm. this box was so much fun, but it is attached to the work. I'm here, like a little. Got my little sketchbook, little yeah. Sketchbook, right. and all the designs that you're working out. Things that may or may not, probably not going to happen. But each one of those, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about work. Right. Um, I. I used to shoot a lot. Um, go to the range. Yeah. Go to the range. Pretty often. And that was you. Know, Kind of hobby, kind of relaxing. Right. Kind Um, of part of your work, too, right? Right. Yeah. Um, When I did, when I did martial arts, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did, there was, you know, as a kid, there was that. And then uh, for for a short while before I joined, before I joined the sheriff's office, I did judo with Brian Germain. Do you know him? No, I mean, I'm familiar with the name, but I don't think I've ever met him, no. Okay, and then yeah. he went from judo to jujitsu. Anyway, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that, and that's what... These mats had nothing to do with the backyard dirt pile where we, sure. you know, we right. practiced in Tampa. Yeah, because as soon as you walked in, you said, oh my God, this is bringing back memories. Yeah. Right? As soon as you mats. walked into the dojo. <laughs> yeah, the, ju- the judo match. The judo mats. And I enjoyed that. Right. And then both of those, after I left the sheriff's office, I'm like, I'm not that anymore. And there's so much baggage Mm -hmm. that came with that, like psychological baggage. Yeah. That I just stopped anything that had anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Anything combative? Not not shooting, not... Yeah. Not martial. None of that. I'm yeah. just, all of that's behind me. Right. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. It was, it was interesting, I'll say, period, like figuring out who am I now? I was a detective. I did this job. I was pretty good at it. Wasn't good for me, but I was good at it. I'm not that anymore. Never would have guessed. Let's see if that was six years. Say eight years ago, I would. Have, there's no chance I would have ever guessed that this is what I would be doing now. But then trying to figure out, you know, who am I? I'm not that. I am this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Um, That's. Uh, I mean, your work it does speak for itself. I mean, it is meticulous. It's beautiful. I mean, and, 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 you know, just having it, we've, this is the first time we've ever met and, and, uh, you're very measured in what you have to say. Right. Huh. And, 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 but, but, uh, you know, it begs me the, to ask the question that I ask everybody is like, what do you want? Don't know. Don't know. That's a good answer. 
That's an honest answer. I, I almost said that what I want is for my business to reach some some level of stability or security or something like that normalcy mm. but then again that would take away the excitement hmm I mean, there's some stress that could go away i would be okay with that right. some stress could go away um I don't know. It's it's been difficult, but it's been fun. Mm-hmm. That's, that's are, honest, man. Things are slowly things are slowly, but consistently moving the right direction. Sometimes I see or hear of people who start a business and. Eight months later, they're rocking and rolling, and I'm like, "Wow, that's that's great." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still like I feel like I'm still figuring out what I'm doing every day. Mm-hmm. But that's also the fun of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, being an artist and making it commercially viable is like a catch twenty two, a double edged sword, right? Because you have something that's you're passionate about that that you want it it be extremely meaningful but then also you you tie a a dollar sign to it they're like well is it meaningful because of the dollar sign or is it the other way around i don't know both um because it'd be nice to have your cake and eat it too you know be able to do limited limited you know, quantities of a said design and be treasured and valued. Treasured. Yeah. Like that, that box, I would treasure that box because it's just so beautiful and so very well thought out knowing it's coming from you. Right? Yes. Not ikea and their manufacturing plants gluing everything together and like oh this is neat i because we see plenty of neat things wherever we go but it stops there right versus that where's their soul behind that i i fully agree i um i love my work i don't mean like i always enjoy my work because sometimes it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. But I love my work. Like in the protective, this is something, this is something that matters. Right. And I don't know how, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But somehow, when people designers makers they when they really care mm-hmm. you could just you could see it it's there's something different there mm-hmm. if ikea took this box and ran it through their machines copied it 
I don't know how. I don't know what it is. They could do, I'm confident, they could do their, their best reproduction of this. And it wouldn't be the same. Mm-mm. No. Not, they're just, it would be missing. It would, it would be, be missing, missing soul. something. It would be missing an element that's untouchable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, orig- the, the, the authenticity. The original nature of it. Right. Yeah. It's a, the, perf- the perfection to me is, is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. That if you can imagine what it would take to make these six pieces, all of this is this is done by hand, classic machines, no CNC, anything like that. It's push this piece through the, the table saw, this piece through the band saw. I hold up these tapers mm-hmm. in my hand and press it against a disc sander, and that's that's what finishes that off. It I hold it by hand, right? Right. So if you can imagine how difficult it would be to get those six pieces to fit together in that way if you you know for anyone to duplicate that right if you were to do it by a machine it would be perfect perfect would break it right if it was perfect it wouldn't be as good and yet i think machine perfect is a disappointment while I do, I work, I give everything I can to get as close to perfect, knowing that it will never be perfect made by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that balance is... It's perfect in its imperfection. I just get as close to perfect as I can. I try to say it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect, just has to be right. Right. Uh, Last question. Yes. What do you want right now? Right now. Like, like, let's say, you know, you have the genie lamp. I need, and it could be materialistic, you know, I need this said machine so I could make this said, you know, piece, right? It could be something as simple as that. How, how high or low can I? It doesn't matter. It could be as high as you want. Okay. In the back of my mind right now. Yeah. As we're talking, I didn't eat before I came out here. I should have. And and I've been thinking about 1961. Nice. As we've been sitting here, and that would. Pulpo. The. Uh, their their Cuban is. Pretty good. It is pretty it's good. It's really good. Yeah. And that. That's what I was thinking about. That's what I would want. Okay. Right now. <laughs> Let's call up Marcos. Marcos, <laughs> I'm coming over, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on the show. How can people find you? Uh, I am on. Um, Instagram and Facebook, it's Robert Berganza, all together, no spacing, you know, last name, B-E-R-G-A-N-Z-A, uh, website, the same, fullname.com, mm-hmm. or come by Catapult, come by the Makerspace, you can see see the pieces in person. Okay, maybe send me a message to let me know, yeah, make yeah, sure it's probably a there. good idea, they'll just right. pop in all of a sudden. But yeah. I love showing, I, I love sharing my work yeah. so if anybody wants to come see it yeah it's very there. nice thanks again for coming on the show man well thank you thank you for listening to the jj show brought to you by karate beyond
discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit KarateBeyond.com.